Hey, Augmenters, we had an awesome time hanging out with comedian, writer, and immigration advocate, Nave Higgins. We channeled our roadmap spirit guide, Dora the Explorer, and provided tips and tactics for navigating mentoring relationships, all while getting laughs on the big stage. Here we go, vamanos and enjoy. Thank you so much for coming on with us today to talk about one of our very, very favorite topics in the whole entire world, mm-hmm. mentoring. And pinatas. Mentoring and pinatas. Are we going to, are we covering pinatas today? I hope so. <laughs> oh, you didn't get that in the show briefing. It was at the bottom. <laughs> no, I missed it, that. It, it, the, the, the PS was pinata special. <laughs> I didn't get to the bottom of that email. You know, I was in... I saw a lot of talk about Dora the Explorer and I was distracted by that. So I didn't finish the email. (laughs) Babe, do you know Dora? I have never met her, but I, yes, I'm jealous of her career. She has multiple series on multiple networks and kids adore her. What is she, seven? And she gets, you know, she must be a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. She's seven still. For, for a long time. Yeah, she looks Forever. good. I mean, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know who her, her cosmetic surgeons are, but that she looks good. She looks young. <laughs> Mostly the haircut, I'd say. Definitely. I think it is too. <laughs> it is definitely the haircut. So why in the world are we talking about Dora the Explorer? It doesn't make any sense. But mm-hmm. um, Jimmy and I have been on a journey. We've been on a journey as most people on journeys. And we've been on a journey on mentoring, thinking a lot about this topic, a lot about mm-hmm. how people get to where they're going and what, mm-hmm. you know, what, how, who do they need along the way? So mm-hmm. we've talked about setting a vision for your mentoring journey. And now we've been talking about the sort of second stop on this mentoring journey which for us is really a roadmap. And when we had to stop and think about hmm. who knows how to rock a map, it's Dora. Dora. <laughs> and she has a map and it's like, um, it's, so, it's so wonderful, right? Because I don't even know that there's treasure at the end. It's usually like she's on her way somewhere exciting. It's not really like the, you know, that she's going to get this huge reward at the end, as far as I can remember from watching her show. Did you actually watch it? Yeah, I feel like as a, when I used to babysit, um, it was a, you know, it was very useful. It's like, um, it's kind of like a pacifier or something. <laughs> but yeah, I was reading a thing like what I feel like it helped kids who didn't grow up speaking Spanish to learn Spanish. And now the big cartoon is Peppa Pig, where like all these little kids in the US are putting on British accents because Peppa's British. And they're like, mommy, can we go on holiday? And these like New Jersey mothers are like, what? But anyway, watch out because I'll get us off track, Julie. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I'm very excited to discuss uh, the changes in bacon consumption in one generation down the road. Oh my, can you, I know once they put it together that their beloved Peppa is also their breakfast. I don't know how that's going to affect them. I'll warn the pork board. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should send them a little email. (laughs) So before we uh, uh, potentially Mm -hmm. get uh, well far off of our map, 
uh, let's yeah. come back to, uh, you know, kind of our, our course here. And, and, and Maeve, you have, you've actually been a mentor to us in our podcasting experience as we've learned uh, from you. And that, that conversation has echoed throughout many, many conversations uh, subsequently that Julie and I have had. So at least at the jump, we really want to say thank you for what you've shared with us, given all your experience uh, with audio. Uh, we are, you know, Neil fights behind the mic. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm holding mine. Yours is on a, on a boom, you know, like simple things that show uh, our differences here. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it was, it was so fun to speak with you both about like, you know, from the, the from the beginning, like, well, we're thinking of doing a podcast and what that might sound like and how to begin. And it was fun for me because Julie and I have been friends for many years, as as you know, Jimmy. Um, and so it was a kind of a new departure for Julie. Just the podcast side of it, I feel like the the, the actual mentoring and talking about this stuff is not really what's new for you both. You've been doing it, but just in a, you know, in different mediums and without as much of a like a laser sharp focus so it was cool to like see it coming together and it was really fun to be part of it and I might say as well like it's really flattering to be thought of as a mentor and I think it's interesting because when Julie and I just as as friends IRL we often end up like I think kind of helping each other out with work things just by our friendship, like just by walking and talking and, you know, meeting up and having coffee. And like, then she helps me to solve problems or think about things in a new way. But I never really officially thought like, oh, Julie's mentoring me and I'm mentoring her. It was more like this friendship where we could be very open with each other and talk out our, um, you know, like tricky things that were happening with us at work, even though we work in such different, um, ostensibly different areas. Uh, that is so, that it is a funny where uh, we had another uh, person we interviewed who said men mentoring is basically free, free therapy. So it's basically- Free therapy? Yeah. Wow. Free therapy. And then we were like, well, aren't all relationships basically free therapy? But I feel like the mentoring relationship is actually- more like free therapy slash career coaching. And and mm -hmm. I know you, yeah, Maeve, for so long, you've helped me. I, I, what I've always loved about your career, Maeve, is how many different areas you've gone into, right? When you started off, when mm -hmm. we first met, you were mostly doing just comedy and then you're writing. And now, yeah. you know, your work in immigration and your work, you know, out with the UN. I'm just kidding. I don't know if you're working with the UN. I'm making that up. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the head manifesting of, that I'm the head of the UN. <laughs> I think, I think, isn't that, uh, uh, no, anyways. It's a um, tough gig right now. Thanks for sharing your time. Of course. You know what? They were surprised that I did take a couple of hours and also that I've just been sitting around the rest of the day drinking tea. But I said, listen, UN, this is Julian Jimmy here. Okay. Like, and they understood actually. They understood. They know the value of mentoring. That's going to be actually <laughs> know. A part of the sustainable development goals is mentoring yes. for all. <laughs> for developing, developing opportunities. No, that's so cool, Maeve. Yeah, no, I've always really thought, I mean, I know we've, we've been such good friends for so long and I'm always so impressed with how your career evolves and changes and turns and as it continues to, and I guess gets on our side as well. But we would be curious, you know, since both of us, I mean, I know we're very entertaining, but we're not actually entertainers. I don't know if you know that about <laughs> us. We're just mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and entertainers I, are different. And, and if I may, Maeve, how would you define the difference <laughs> the difference between entertainers and entrepreneurs, 
I mean, I think that's a really, I feel like entrepreneurs are actively like looking for little, I suppose like gaps where they can kind of squeeze in and say like, okay, I'm here now and I'm here and I'm going to give you this service. And like, um, and if that doesn't work out, I'm going to find another little gap and I'm going to squeeze in there. And, um, I feel like with entertainers, we're less intelligent <laughs> because we're more like, uh, I think I'm, I like doing this, like I'm going to dance or like in my case, like I'm going to tell jokes to strangers who are drunk. Like it's not the smartest <laughs> career move, I would say. So I think the biggest difference is intelligence. And I would say the second one is planning because I not a lot of entertainers are like great at planning, which is, I think, why you see us like falling off the map and re-emerging again and um it's a combination of like our own um idiocy and the industries that we're in which are very precarious and um, so maybe that's what we have in common right with entrepreneurs where it's like okay things are going well but actually it can all fall apart but then it can really really happen so when I was curious, you're talking about things falling apart and then, you know, really I'm hearing taking some time away from entertaining others, focusing on yourself, whatever you want to call it. And then coming mm -hmm. back, how often in your experience or just in general, listening to other people in your industry and in your, in your friends professionally, have they gone through a mentoring relationship, whether that's getting inspired by helping somebody, uh, newer to the game or somebody uh, uh, being their mentor, when has that kind of come up in your experience to bring people back if they want mm -hmm. to come back? Mm -hmm. So I think like a really useful time to have a mentor is when you're like plotting your next move or, um, or like shifting. I mean, look at, look at what happened with the pandemic for like what I do, stand up comedians, like overnight um, clubs were closed, tours were canceled um, doors were shut and it stayed that way for, as we know, like a year and a half. And so I think then a lot of us were trying to figure out like, okay, well, how can I still do the things that I care about, which is, you know, entertaining people, um, expressing myself creatively and, and earning money, like keeping earning a living. I mean, particularly people with families, with mortgages, you know, um, so I think that was a time when we definitely, spoke a lot like within the industry people were all uh really chatting to one another and seeing what was working was there like some kind of script lying around that you could pick up and start writing again was there maybe um like some voiceover work that you could do or some like it was a very sudden very harsh um time of transition for many of us and I think that um, trying to figure that out was definitely a lot of like peer to peer mentoring um, and definitely a lot of, you know, uh, yeah, it's funny, like therapy sessions, right? Because you had to really peel back. Well, like, okay, I cannot do what I used to do every day. So what am I going to do now? Um, so it was really about finding out like, well, what do you really care about? And what is it that you're missing? And then how can you, um, you know, how can you carry on and still, um, still do what you love. I love that. I mean, I think so. I mean, Dora was, Dora was really well set up though, luckily for her. I mean, she's already kind of social distancing, you know, she was out there in the I woods. Know, right? She didn't have to worry about all those people. I mean, she was Isn't she in a bubble with like a little monkey or something? 
Boots. Boots. Her bestie. Her bestie. Her guide. Takes good care of her. Um, Right. But aside from that, you're right. And to see how everybody, you know, really shifted and pivoted. And, you know, I think, and I loved what you were saying earlier about the idea of the roadmap and how people in entertainment tend to fall off the map. So I was curious to hear from you, like if you have people that have along the way, you know, considered you a mentor and how you've maybe guided, I mean, of course, besides me, which, you know, you're always very helpful, my true north. Um, but aside from that, have there been people in the entertainment industry who reach out to you who want, you know, you to, to mentor them? And like, what does that even look like? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I think the good the thing that's really great now, as opposed to when I started, like I, I did my first show at like the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2006. And then I feel like I had like myself, I had sort of unofficial mentors where it was basically people who were a few years ahead of me um, who had like done hour long shows before who were working full time as comedians who kind of took me under their wing. And I would, you know, feel pretty feel pretty fine about asking them anything asking them should I get an agent or should I get a manager or like do I need a lawyer um how much should I be getting paid for this um if I'm veering towards this kind of material will that make me this you know it was just anything and everything because certainly with my career and I guess a little bit with yours too as um not so much you know from the nutrition side for Julie but from the entrepreneur side it's like how can you learn this? You know, it's so much about is learning on the, on the job and with all of the kind of risks and rewards that come with that. So I definitely found myself relying on a few trusted voices in my early twenties when I was starting in comedy. But as I say, it was very unofficial. Like I would even can have to like, names? can you name names? Do you have an example? Yeah, I mean, there's a shout out to an Irish comic, David O'Doherty, who is um, still a really great comic and still tours around the world and is is still wonderful, who was certainly like, I just remember, you know, going on like car journeys with him to shows and just like talking about the business and like him recommending other uh, comics for me to listen to. And I think that's a really um, amazing part of mentorship when you get to learn about their mentors and then their mentors. Um, And uh, the other good thing about like when I came on board, there was people like David and then I would go um, and get to travel to other places like the Edinburgh Festival, like the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And that way I met people from different countries because there's so few comics in Ireland. So I met people like Josie Long um, from England and Kristen Schaal from uh, at the time New York. Now she lives in L.A. And we would spend these festival months together um, and we were all women and we were all in this kind of strange industry. Uh, and again, I wouldn't say that we were consciously mentoring one another, but I definitely feel like I, we talked about work all the time and figuring it out and, um, and it necessarily does cross with your personal life too. So I think unofficially they were certainly mentors to me, Josie Long, uh, Maria Bamford, um, David O'Doherty, I'd say would be the kind of, then I did a hidden camera show, <laughs> which I've never done. And it's like, are you going to go to college to learn how to like prank people? No. <laughs> um, so the, you know, one of the other uh, comics on the show, PJ Gallagher, 
uh, was so kind to me and so uh, patient and because I did not know what I was doing. And also we would, we went on a tour after that and I was so new and I only had like 15 minutes of material, but like he made sure I got paid the same as everybody else. And he just looked out for me in ways that I didn't even realize until years down the line. And I do try and um, pay that pay that back now um, to younger comics, newer comics, um, and certainly comics who are a little bit on the outside of the mainstream, which is what I was. I'm, I'm wondering, like, it's kind of funny, though, because when I'm sure when you, you know, the more that you two are out there, you know, being like the mentoring people, I'm wondering, like, how much you will get asked for help, because now I notice that I get asked for help a lot more than like, you know, than I asked for help. I think people are getting better at that. And I'm so glad to see that. And I think um, it just would have saved me so much time. Oh my God. And I think that's one of the reasons why we actually decided to do this. I mean, that's how we landed on this. I mean, Jimmy and I met and we, you know, hit it off and we're just coming up with a bunch of different ideas of things we could do together. And both mm -hmm. of us have had a real need, exactly like you're saying, among entrepreneurs, people are just reaching out to us all the time, some mm -hmm. successfully, some with like the weirdest, strangest requests, <laughs> strangest ways that they ask for help. And we're like, okay, we need to help these people. Like, Aww. how do we both help them understand the value of having somebody in their lives and then maybe also help them figure out how to um, figure out how to, how to ask how to be an active participant in the process. And then also for mentors too. I mean, Jimmy, you had a lot of crazy people reaching out to you. Yeah, maybe it's also something where this creativity that we're kind of putting into this mentoring uh, journey for us yeah. is also about us helping ourselves. Like we're kind of actually putting on our oxygen mask first because by us creating this, we're helping ourselves because we can actually then do a better job of mm -hmm. helping others when they ask us of something because we already have this prepared instead of mm -hmm. kind of the ad hoc approach that was just not as successful or felt as productive as we'd like. Mm -hmm. And I think when we go back to our stops, like the first thing is really helping somebody set a vision. I get people who reach out. They're like, I really just want to talk to you. And then you start talking to them and you're like, well, what do you, what do you want to do? They're like, well, I want to, you know, I want to be successful. It's like, okay, well, do, do you want to be a chef? Do you want to be a comedian? Would you like to walk dogs? Like what, how do you want to be successful? What kind of a job are you interested in? What kind of a lifestyle do you want? I let people reach out to me because I've been able to have a family, which maybe you've been a part of my whole long journey of being able to be with my kids and have a job. And so I get people who reach out to me about that. And that's kind of helping them set a vision. Like what do they sort of imagine their life to be like? And then the second part that, you know, obviously why we thought of Dora is how do we help them set a roadmap, right? So you've decided mm -hmm. you want to like have a fiesta. If that's like, you want to be a professional fiesta goer, that's your job that you really want. Like that's an awesome job. And then how do we help you like figure out what are the stops that you have to make to get to be a professional fiesta goer? Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to make pinatas and you have to learn how to be a good party guest and you have to learn these different things. So the stops along the roadmap are the ways that kind of help you um, help you think about, you know, setting a roadmap. Like, how are you going to get to where you're yeah. trying to go? Yeah, yeah. And I think a really, um, you know, even with that very clear instruction to like ask for help when you need it, I think that does help the mentor as well. Because I've certainly been in the position of sort of, 
offering like assistance when it's not actually wanted or like there's like a muddling there's like a muddle between us where maybe someone's just like in conversation or I know they're a younger writer and they're trying to get into like a room that I've been in and then I kind of like end up offering advice and that's not real that's not it right like I think defining your own goals and the reason that people it's hard for people to do that is because it's really hard <laughs> like isn't it it's so hard to like put down on paper okay I want to have like two children and I want to work as you know the best dog groomer in Cincinnati or whatever. and then you know and I want to be able to go on vacation and I want to look after my mom you know all that stuff it's like actually quite a painful process to get it all out and to I think because it's like this big promise you make yourself so it feels quite scary um, but the roadmap, I think, is the fun part, because that's when you get to break it down and put it into like manageable chunks that aren't so intimidating. We we totally agree. And actually, what you were talking about with, you know, David and Josie and Kristen and Maria as kind of this group mm. of people that you were all were building trust with and helping each other and having it being mentor and mentee flipping back and forth. To us, that's kind of like stop one and when you're thinking about your roadmap you need to start it by building trust with others because you're really not going to know even if you feel like you know you know you're lewis and you left clark behind you're still not going to be doing this all alone in a canoe there's going to be people around and you know just having that team to have some sense of community where mm -hmm. you have that trust you, you then start learning how to build trust and be trustworthy mm -hmm. I, we think those are hugely important D did you ever find any kind of like tips or a knack to either like feel like you were worthy of someone's trust uh, especially I know it, with writing, it can be sometimes you're very protective, like, oh, I got this great idea. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody steals my joke, you know, I'm cutting off their mic tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true because stand up comedy by its nature, you're alone on stage. Right. So um, and there is like the kind of, you know, it's very competitive and there's only a certain amount of gigs and and all of that. So that's yeah. I wonder how you can kind of I suppose like one way I've learned with comedy is like being there throughout the good parts and the bad parts because it's quite an up and down industry so I suppose you know like my first year you know doing an international festival I had a great year my second year I had a really bad year um I had a month of like a show doing a show that I wasn't happy with and it was sort of like being around for people being openly disappointed and not fronting and you know being vulnerable that's like so hard that's such a big principle we have all the way through to all of mentoring is just being vulnerable yeah and it, it is hard and and sometimes you will like you know figure out like who is your real friend <laughs> when you're not doing well and you know but in the other hand yeah that's that can be a good thing right because I certainly would say having this like peer group or um you know, community is a really good word for Jimmy, actually. And it, it, it grew, right? Like it grew every year. Um, and some people I would just be in contact. I wouldn't see them in person, you know, for a big part of the year. And then I would, and then I would see them, but so it was kind of like community staying in contact. And I think just, um, caring about the person and not just their, um, not just their career, not just their job. And, I mean, you can tell a mile away. I feel like when somebody is just um, 
like when you feel like networked <laughs> too or something and like it's fine you know it's it's totally fine but I think the kind of good um good relationships are they're just about more than how did you get that gig and then like not hearing from the person again <laughs> Or if you're like, if you get a good review, totally get those too. People yeah. Are like, oh, connected with this person, can you introduce me? You're like, I'm sorry, do I? Who are you? Do I know you? Like, where did you come from? You I mean, that? it can, it it works. You know, I guess like you'd be okay. Yeah, I'll connect you. Fine, but you're not going to get like that real connection to the third person that, that they're. You know, it's just going to be a kind of a rote, like kind of a okay. I'll retweet it. You're bothering me about this, so I'll do. So and and it's also more like fun that way, right? Like you get to actually have proper exchanges and like good relationships, and um, it's just more like it just feels a bit more full and real than than just uh, you know, okay, business, business, business. You mean people don't receive gratification by writing an email address on a slip of paper and sliding it across the table and being like, don't <laughs> <Right>? mention me. <laughs> you know, it's just so like, I don't know. And I think it's like you have to trust that like what you're putting out there, like, so in my case, that would be the material I was doing on stage, like the stuff I was writing that will naturally just like vibe with the people who it should vibe with and then like we'll all kind of bond in a way and I would be the same like I'd see other shows I'd like see somebody's social media I'd be like oh my god they're so like on my wavelength even if they're like super famous or if they're not known at all it's just like you kind of know your people right um and that's that's what's happened to me at least for the last you know 15 years or so where I've just been like oh like I get him he gets me and then not that it's going to be an automatic friendship but there's like there's often like a mutual respect between people whose work you know that that like you like their work they like your work there's like a nice mutual respect and um not that I would be like tight with all the people that whose work I admire but I feel like you could at a pinch, you know, reach out and ask them for help. Or if they came to me and asked me for something, I'd be way more open to it than just like a kind of a, hey, I went, you know, I played the same night as you and like you owe me this. <laughs> I don't know why you did that no. voice. <laughs> Sound like a big burly dude. Just right. Uh, this is again why I love Dora the Explorer so much, which I just love because mm -hmm. she has so many different friends. She's got Benny the Bull, and she's got the big red chicken, and she has Issa, she's got little bugs. And she has yeah. like, a whole crew who like she gets organized and she has Boots, her best friend. And like they go on all these adventures together and she's really good at like, she, you know, I mean, she is obviously the headliner as Dora the Explorer, <laughs> the name of her show. But aside from that, she's great at like celebrating at the end. She celebrates with all her friends. So she, that's one of the things, many things I love about her is her, is her way of bringing, bringing everybody together. And she has Swiper at the Fox who's trying to thwart her a little bit too. So he's kind of like one of that those guys guy. she's trying to, I know, but he's really lame. I mean, lame. Lame is filling out there. So yes, <laughs> I'd say that for, we, we all are lying that, you know, you need, you need people. You do. And, um, not being cynical at all, but like, certainly in my business, you never know who's going to be like the new headliner, right? Like Dora, I'm sure there's, there's going to be like a spinoff of her show and like Boots is going to be like the new yeah, Seinfeld yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think you should like, I the longer I'm in like the business, I'm like, oh, 
like who you think is like winning is often not winning. And it's like, you just have to stick to your instincts. You just have to like stay with your crew because you just don't know who's going to end up like potentially being your boss or like potentially like casting you in a show that's going to like make your career or something. So, I mean, that's like a general lesson in like being nice and you know being like sound to anyone who is in your industry but it's also kind of like you know if somebody asks you for help you you should be very aware that like it could be you in like two years time or in 30 years time when like like a a 19 year old kid today could easily be like you know casting me in a show in like 20 years time as like I don't know, the sexy uh, grandmother. <laughs> I hear there are a it's lot of sexy. roles out there for that. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> there will be in 20 years, for sure. Sexy grandmother driving instructor. Never know. <laughs> Could be a ghost slash. Yeah, it'll just be like me and um, up against like Olivia Munn or something. And I'll just like <laughs> slink away. <laughs> we've we've just called it into existence so we'll look forward to seeing that movie in 20 years so Maeve what you were touching on a lot is one of our favorite analogies which is the backpack we call it filling up our backpack by having these experiences where you build trust in yourself even if the experience doesn't go well but just that you get up the next day and do something else that's enough to then go back to kind of step one which is you get your boots on and you go out and have experiences. And then when they're, when, whenever they're com- accomplished or finished, you put them in your backpack and now you can build confidence in yourself after you build trust with your community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is, is there a term or something within your industry of, you know, Hey, you know, I can tell that you're, you know, you, like your timing's hitting today or like it's different than a week ago. I can see you have more confidence in yourself. Like something's, mm-hmm. something's coming along. Like, is, is there something, is there something that you all yeah, like talk I mean- about? for like I guess specifically for stand-up I think you need a lot of like there's a few different med people compare it with like flying like you need enough flight time and then people also if there's like a very violent vocabulary around it where they're like I killed tonight or like I murdered that crowd <laughs> or like or I, I died on stage like I died <laughs> um so I mean I can tell when people have really hit their stride and like when they're they've like found their voice um like their comedic voice and uh I I think my friend Eugene who also mentored me like in a very specific way and he was like you got to come to America like you I would meet him at international festivals and he was like you know I think you'd you'd do great and people would love you and he was so encouraging about this big move and then he would like book me for his festival in New York which is how I first started coming but um Eugene, I think, said it takes seven years. Like, I remember him saying, like, you don't need to worry. You just have to like, keep doing it for seven years and then you'll have found your voice and then you'll be good. And um, that certainly stuck in my mind. And it's sort of like as a rule of thumb is quite is quite true, like because I've been around now for like two cycles of seven years. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like that guy has just figured out like who he is on stage, like who he needs to be. And it's and it's working. Um. So there's that. And then the backpack thing is true, right? Like I, I do think that, you know, you can think you're great and you can have high confidence and that's all fine, but you know, evidence is important as well. And like, I think (laughs) like 
the tricky thing with stand-up is you do a show and it's it vanishes you don't it's gone um so you know you might sell out in that town the next year because people remember but it's very much in the moment where you just get like tons of laughs and then you're just like alone in your hotel again at the end of the night um and it might be good the next day or it might be bad the next day it can depend on things like if there's a draft in the room if you had like that bit too much coffee before you went on stage or alcohol or you know there's so many variables that it's actually quite hard to build up esteem I do think that to me like I don't know if there's an equivalent that like you can say solidly like I just did 30 amazing shows in a row there's too many variables it's very tricky that way I, I do need to ask though, because you got serious. Uh, <laughs> is Eugene like really into Marilyn Monroe? Did he just copy the seven year itch as like a theme? Oh, wait, what's that about though? I think that's actually cheating on your spouse. So it's not really oh. the exact same you know, <laughs> metaphor. Oh, so it's but- like, okay. So after seven years, <laughs> you just got married, right, Jimmy, like a couple of years ago. So like, after seven years, you're either going to be really good at stand-up comedy or you're going, you're going to get cheated on by your wife. <laughs> I think I know which one I'd choose. I mean, maybe, maybe they both happen together. <laughs> That's what sends you onto the stage. <laughs> you know, that is how Sarah Millican, who's a fabulous English comic, who's very famous in the UK, she started doing stand-up. She was an extremely shy person you know, had a bad divorce and it drove her onto the stage and she's become like, she's a multi-award winning millionaire comedian now who like sells out theaters. And when she won her first prize, she won like the best newcomer award at a festival and she dedicated it to her ex-husband. Oh my God, I love it. I mean, I mean, but like that's that's such a great example of putting an experience in your backpack. Like it might not have been a good one, but talk mm-hmm. about building, you know, trust and faith in yourself, regardless of what the outcome of that experience was. I mean, yeah, yeah, great that point. Goes back to our, our last thought about the map, right? The idea of like creating mm-hmm. the map, and like she never would have guessed that that's where her map was going to end up. But she had her friends probably, mm-hmm. and she had her backpack, and then her roadmap came along. But I was very curious, Maeve, as I know you've been, you know, doing all kinds of different and interesting and very cool things. And in terms of like your roadmap, how are you thinking about or setting a roadmap maybe that's different than you had expected or how has that changed for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely, this is something that I talked to you about, Julie. And also like I hired a, like a career coach last year um, to help me figure out like the next 10 years because I feel like I... Again, it was just something that stuck with me. I saw an interview with Nora Ephron, who, uh, who a lot of her work I really admire. You know, she wrote When Harry Met Sally. She um, directed Julie and Julia, and she also and I was. I feel bad about my neck. Yes, one? yeah, essay collection. Um, yes. And she said somewhere that like you should change career every ten years, and that was, I mean she's she had like a really good career she was a, first of all she was a journalist then she was um you know a screenwriter and then she became a blogger when she was like in her 60s and she so so I, I presume it wasn't from you know like it wasn't because she was forced to she actively was like every 10 years I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to learn something new like she became a blogger in her 60s like in the like late 1990s so cool um And so I kind of have that in my mind. I feel like, okay, I did comedy right through 
my twenties and like right through my thirties, I was, uh, you know, exploring writing and started to write for like different outlets and started to publish books. And so then I turned 40, um, a couple of months ago and I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And there was also, of course, the terrible pandemic. And I was like, what, like, you know, this is really focusing my mind. So I did work. I hired professional help, right. Which is sometimes, there's only so much you can get from um, kind of informal mentors and friends. And so I just wanted somebody totally objective with experience in my, um, you know, career path um, to just help me figure out what it would be. So I do think sometimes investing in that is important. It definitely did help me. And, um, you know, the way I like how that backpack thing is really good because I feel like you know, I did a movie before I did a TV show before I wrote a book before. And like all of those things, I can comfortably enough say, not that I'm like an expert in any of them, but I know how I felt doing them. Right. And it was like an experience that I lived through and remember and like know what I would do differently. And so I like thinking of those as like experiences that are like with me and that I own now um, for myself and for talking to others as well. Um, the most, I think, requests that I get are from stand-up comedians and, and writers that I get, like, people reaching out to me saying from very vague, like, can I pick your brain, which I kind of don't like, to, like, very specific, like, can you read this and see what kind of agent I should get? Um, and then I also did... Um, I think I would I think I remember chatting with you Julie about my mentees in um Girls Right Now, which is a official like mentoring and nonprofit uh in New York City for established writers who are paired with teenagers who are still in school. Um and it's it's about writing and different content creation. Um and that was really fun and really interesting. Was there a way that some of the girls or maybe one girl in particular mm -hmm. uh, made it more natural uh, for you to feel like you wanted to invest more in that person and to learn more about them as their kind of guide yeah. and uh, mentor? Yeah. So I did it for two years and we were, it was quite intensive in that, like we were just paired with, with one person for the, the academic year and uh, they were both seniors and um. Both, I mean, both mentees I had huge uh, respect for and was very invested in. I think what they both had, they were very different uh, people, but what they both had in common, I think, Jimmy, was like they were so driven. Like these kids like did not miss a meeting. They pretty much anything that I suggested, like they did. And these are like seniors in high school trying to get it. Like they had so much on also um, often, you know, girls right now specifically targets like people from like underprivileged backgrounds, right? So these are like busy kids with a lot going on. So I think it was their ambition and their drive that like made me kind of match that energy. Like I would have done it anyway. Like I was signed up to be a mentor. I was happy to give as much as, you know, um, they wanted but it, it it like blew me away like I remember um it also the the kind of I mean it maybe it's to do with youth as well right the the range that they were interested in things that they would be like what about 
like poetry what about fan fiction like let's go to this let's go to this show let's see this and it was um you know again as a technically I was the mentor there and I, and I do think I helped them a lot and guided them in the way that I was supposed to in the way the program was set up but I certainly got a lot from it too right like this window into uh life as an adolescent in New York today and these two very special unique people that I got to spend time with it was um yeah it was so uh worth doing just from a selfish point of view as well I think that's what makes a good mentee right it's like somebody who's kind of enthused energy energy Energy. yeah literally energy and I think that that willingness to try something new to absorb something new to do something new to do Mm -hmm. something different out of the box Mm -hmm. and then we talk a lot about the fact that you know I think that there there is a bit of a like ho-hum feeling for mentors because they've been stuck in these programs where people are thrown together they don't feel like they've ever gotten any you know we call them like just matching people together and like here you guys are mentors and mentees and they don't have that but then when it's this genuine genuine connection and you continue to bring things to each other then it is so rewarding and we've talked a lot about this kind of our last our last piece of our um of our uh our mentoring journey is the evolution and how mentors Mm -hmm. actually end up becoming mentees and vice versa and back mm. and forth. And both of us have actually interviewed each other's mentors, the, the person we probably both consider who happened to both be named Keith, um, but both of them <laughs> would say that we've both been mentors and mentees back and forth over time. And for 20, for me, for 25 years, which is crazy, wow. um, long. Um, but yeah, that that's these people that you continue to have these ongoing relationships. So wow, this has been so great to spend this time with you, Maeve. Thank you so much. I have a quick lightning round co- uh, question for you. Okay. So I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail the podcast. The first one is, has anybody (laughs) asked you to mentor them on drive to be a drive under your driving? Has anybody (laughs) asked you to mentor them? No, I know. I would say absolutely not. And I wouldn't recommend it. I played a driving instructor in a movie, could not drive, like literally could not drive. Have only just got my driver's license, still cannot drive. (laughs) I mean, that, that, that sounds pretty normal for the driving instructors I've met. <laughs> yeah, maybe I just should. If that was my new switch, my new career switch. So I'd like to announce, Julie, I'm a full-time driving instructor working at a Red Hook. Right here, you heard it first. I'll augment it at us. Big reveal. And, and Maeve, on my side, uh, mm-hmm. I have uh, one of my favorite segments is Let's Get Frazy. And I know you mentioned Eugene okay. and the seven-year itch as something that uh, he would he would repeat. Is I there mean, something he, he from never either- said- <laughs> <laughs> He never used the phrase the seven-year itch. All right, all right. The, <laughs> it, it, it took so seven crucial. years. <laughs> took seven years to master something to get the courage up to do whatever you need to do after seven. Years. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what what did 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 like Maria or Josie or anybody else have a, a saying that really stuck oh. to you that you could kind of always come back to um a phrase or a saying um I don't I mean I think someone said like keep no I don't know it's so corny like like I was gonna say like keep going but obviously that's you know that's John Cena's safe word that's true but it's like You know, it's just like, if you, um, it's just that sometimes I feel like it's, 
I don't know when, I don't think that's good advice actually. <laughs> Cause I think you need to know when to call it. Right. Like if something, if you just, if you've really given it your all, there's like actually quite a dignity in stepping away or, or pivoting or whatever you want to call it, or understanding that like, even if you're doing well in something, it might not be, you know, the right thing for you. So it's interesting before I would have absolutely said to you, Jimmy, like, keep going, like, especially with comedy, it's like, get up there, get, get your stage time. Like no matter what happens, like do three minutes, work your way up do eight minutes. I'm sure I've been on other podcasts, like saying that exact thing. But right now I think keep going might not be the best advice. I think it would be, um, you know, stop and think about what you're doing. I think having more intention um, behind it is probably more helpful um, right now. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, my very last one, my very last question. <laughs> Would you want to be your mentor? Blanket, mama or sunny? <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. So who would I, so, okay. First of all, Blanket, Blanket and Mama are Julie's two cats who masquerade as a mother and son team, but are romantically linked. Okay. So we don't know what's going on with them. Exactly. They're like strange drifter cats who are incredibly cute. Um, and I, I see them as a unit, right? Like I do see them as a unit. So So like, would I prefer to be those two cats? You know what? I would love to be Sunny. So Sunny for the listeners, Sunny is this gorgeous little fluffy dog that Julie owns, you know, not a brain in his head. He is in, and I don't want to objectify him, but he's a himbo. Is that fair? He's like good looking, not a lot going on. And I think I'd like to be him. I think I just like to be adored by, you know, by people sleep most of the day you know, not be forced to do exercise. Like he just, maybe he'll walk around the park if he feels like it. Everyone will stare at him and like crash their bikes, you, you know, in trash cans because he's so cute. And then he'll just go, go to get loads of attention from Julie. She'll like slip him nachos under the table. Yeah, that would be my ideal life. I mean, I want to know, he's taught me so much already. <laughs> yeah, I want to make an official. Sonny, Sonny's my mentor. <laughs> I'll ask him. I'm sure he's available. You, 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 I can see that you've really taken a lot away from your mentees on fan fiction. <laughs> no, right? I didn't know I knew so much about these animals' lives. <laughs> but yeah, Sonny's dream, dream life. He's he's living my best life for sure. We got our podcast next for sure. For sure. <laughs> Just gently oh snoring. God. Exactly. This was so fun, Maeve. Thank you so much for your time. It was so great to spend. Thank you, time and with thank you, you both. And anybody for, mentor is so lucky. Thank you both for for making this. I think it's going to be really useful um, for myself and for for lots of other people too. So I appreciate all the time and care that you're putting into it, and the two of you are just fantastic. <laughs> you're so kind for sharing all your adventures, Maeve. Thank you. Just like a comic who bombs one night and hears crickets, Maeve's heartening stories about her mentor guides will boost you to get out there the next night and fill up your backpack with experiences and great laughs. Try keeping up with Maeve's energy on Twitter, at Maeve Higgins. Our next episode, we'll be sniffing out your next mentor with Sherlock Holmes and our third principal on the mentoring path, 
the search. No extraordinary powers of deduction necessary, yet Tweed is strongly encouraged. If you want to help Julie and Jimmy in our mentoring journey, then please subscribe, because we all should ask for help. Thank you to our producer, Erica Samus. See you soon. Thank you.